0: the Super Bowl in any kind of real specifics because, hey, we've got shows next week. We've got some of the crews headed down to Miami, and you know what that's going to be like. A lot of great conversations, a lot of unique conversations that you wouldn't hear any other time of the year, so you'll want to tune in for that. But we'll break this game down. I have a lot to say about it, but I have a lot of airtime in which to say it next week. But <laughs> JT asked me like 10 minutes before I went on the air. We, I went over actually right across from us at Tin Roof. There's kind of a, kind of a goodbye to a great friend and the former program director here and a guy that, if you heard my show a couple of days ago on his final day, that is so responsible for much of what I have, not just professionally, but just in my life in general. I've learned so much from this guy, and I'm so happy that now we can just go ahead and, you know, be friends, even though we'll still be in the same space in some regard professionally. Now we can just talk and all this, and we don't even have to worry about shop talk. And that's awesome. But a lot of folks over there and having a good old time, so I was glad I was able to pop over there for a couple of minutes. But JT asked me, he said, what are you getting into tonight? I said, I'll let you know. Because sometimes there is definitely the story out there, and then there's some times where you have to really think. And I've been thinking all day about what exactly I wanted to talk about because I want to try to do something different than what you've heard all day long, wherever it is that you're listening or whatever you're consuming. I don't even mean just radio. I mean, people that are talking to you or anything else. I mean, what are we seeing right now? We're seeing the impeachment stuff on all the networks, And it seems like a lot of people are not watching that in terms of the numbers compared to what you would assume they are. Many people just either don't care or have been turned off by the entire thing. The numbers are not great. But it's out there, of course. And then there's the Super Bowl, but you have this extra week, so it's the Pro Bowl this weekend, and who cares? Monday, I'll be on this show talking about why the Pro Bowl shouldn't exist. I'll go ahead and preview that for you right now. And we've talked about positivity on this show this week and how I kind of want to bring you a different message. And I'm looking at a photo right now on ESPN.com. And this is how this photo is described in the article. And I said earlier this week that, you know, this was something I was thinking about talking about and I decided I didn't want to do it. I do want to do it today, but I want to do it for a different reason. Quote, the hearing was longer than normal and got contentious at times with back-and-forth arguments. Brown watched the proceedings from another room via teleconference while wearing an anti-suicide smock, a typical precautionary safety method used for high-profile suspects in custody. He largely remained quiet except when addressed by the judge. Brown is Antonio Brown, who spent last night in a Florida jail He's now been granted bail. There's, he was, it was a bond of a hundred grand for felony burglary with battery. It was three different charges. Moving truck driver earlier this week, it got into an altercation. Brown was part of it. Of course, Brown had a video a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was actually last week. This stuff kind of runs together. Screaming expletives at a police officer with his young child right there in the shot. And there are still people asking, when is Antonio Brown going to be back on a football field? I don't really want to talk about that. And I read the things that his lawyers are saying that he is now a target and he's being overcharged and all of these kinds of things. But I want to go a little bit further into the ESPN article where it says, quote, a lingering issue in the courtroom was Brown's mental state. The prosecutors brought up the fact that Brown's former agent, Drew Rosenhaus, and the mother of three of Brown's children, Chelsea, both had requested for him to receive mental health help because of his sporadic, impulsive behavior. The judge ordered a mental health evaluation within 10 days of Brown's release from jail But Schwartzreich, that's his defense attorney, doesn't think that is a major factor in this case. In this country, we often gravitate to the fall. I don't mean autumn, even though I love autumn. It's my favorite. But we gravitate to the fall from grace of people in high places. We like to see them brought down, and I think... Inside our own minds, part of that stems from insecurity in our own brains about ourselves and what we don't have, which is displayed and magnified on social media, even though it's depicted falsely. You only see the advertisement of a human being on social media. You only see what they want you to see. The photo that you see, probably 60 others were taken that were deleted because they didn't reflect the right attitude. They didn't reflect what the person wanted you to see. You're seeing their representative. But you're seeing all that stuff and you want that stuff. Or you want to be that person. And Antonio Brown, somebody that actually fed on social media, and I think he fed on the attention. If you go back to Hard Knocks, A few of the times you saw Antonio Brown where it was just you and him and a camera. The camera basically being a proxy for you. He's reading fan mail. He's so excited. Everybody loves AB. Goes to a high school on a Friday night during a football game. Everybody's crazy because there's Antonio Brown. He's taking photos with everybody, dancing. He's doing the same thing in Canada before a preseason game. He didn't play in with the Raiders. He loved the attention, and he loves people that love him. But we do gravitate to a fall, whether it's a televangelist who's been exposed, whether or not it's an athlete or an actor who's cheating or is broke, has fallen on hard times, tax evasion, things of that nature. We love the salaciousness in our storytelling. And when the story's real, that makes it even more effective. When the Antonio Brown news continued to churn out over the past year or longer, almost a year and a half now, it's deteriorated. It's gotten worse. It's grown and it's grown and it's grown. And we all made our jokes. I remember after one of the incidents, I posted a photo of Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck from Joker. And basically said, that's Antonio Brown in so many ways. I don't know what I said. I'm sure it was uber clever. I'm saying that with eye rolls. We all had our fun and we all had our wordplay and we're all in our 280 characters saying whatever we want to say about Antonio Brown. And we're talking about him and we're, we're having a good old time and we're being harsh about it. And we're saying, what a loser, all of these things, because that's what we do. My call for you tonight, first is a call to me, and that is, it's time to stop this. It's time to cease all of this. It's time to stop getting our jollies on this man's disaster of life and what he's thrown away. One thing that I think this country has proven, and many other parts of the world too, but this country I think in particular has proven is, yeah, we do enjoy watching a fall, but we're also going to root for the rise. We love a redemption story. Antonio Brown has been as hard to like and as anti-affable as a human being could be in his antics over the past 15 to 18 months in particular. And you can go back and you can find a lot of stories about how he was kicked out of his first college and everything else. Like he's had a lot of things dating back many, many years longer than I think we all knew at the time because there were louder wide receivers and Antonio Brown, when he was in Pittsburgh throughout much of his career, I didn't know anything other than he was good at football. But I'm calling first on me and then on everybody else to stop getting enjoyment out of this. There are danger signs all over this. There are warning signs. There are red flags. I don't want to see this end in tragedy. It may already be calamitous, but I do not want to see this end in any worse fashion than it is right now. Whether or not he's a target now and some of these charges are wrong or everything else, he's done enough that we do know of because he's publicized it himself. We need to go the opposite direction. Beginning with me behind this microphone and my platform, whatever you think it to be, my social media account, whatever you think that value to be. And I don't think that it is that valuable and you will see that you think that follower counts and all this stuff matter a whole lot more than they actually do to most of the world even, not even to yourself. But I can't just preach it to you without practicing it myself. And I've gone the wrong way too. But now, we need to root for his life. We need to root for this mental health. I mean, when Drew Rosenhaus comes out and says, I like AB, I can't represent him until he gets mental health. This is Drew Rosenhaus. Think of who he has represented in the past and what kind of ground it covers that Drew Rosenhaus is saying he needs help. If he needs help, then we need to root for him to get help. I don't know. I'm not a, I can't diagnose what's wrong with him. Hopefully, someone could. But he surrounded himself for a long, long time, I would imagine, with people that told him yes a whole lot. And if they said no, he just pretty much cut them off. We all need people in our lives that are better than we are, that are smarter than we are, that will challenge us, that will actually sharpen us and make us better. Right now, Antonio Brown doesn't need enablers. He doesn't need yes men. He needs people to tell him, dude, you are this close to not being able to come back from the things that you're doing. I don't know if he ever plays another down in the NFL. I don't even care. Nor should you. But we can't be so callous and so in need of a tabloid narrative that we can't stop, breathe, And pray for this guy. And think about him. And think about his family. And think about all that. Look, it may all be self-inflicted. And he could be a dirtbag, But we are all broken in this world. No one lives in anything other than a glass house. So how dare me continue to pick up rocks and stones and throw them around. Like it's not going to shatter my own glass. This is not an accusatory finger at anybody unless it's a finger first at me for being part of the same chorus because when JT asks, what am I going to talk about? The easy thing is, well, let me go Barry Antonio Brown because that's what you're going to hear in a lot of different places, especially when the content around everything right now is sort of, this is the dead period before the Super Bowl week. But I can't in good conscience do that. And I've done it already. And I feel sorry that I did because I shouldn't have been a part of the chorus to begin with. I should have been saying he needed help. And I did say that at times, but I didn't need the jokes on top of it. I didn't need to try to be clever on top of it. I didn't need any of that. Right now, we just need to root for Antonio Brown to deal with and overcome these demons to get the help that he needs and to get the real advice that he needs, not about how to protect his money or how to get back in the NFL, but how to stand up on two feet where it actually feels stable with the foundation that happens to be beneath his toes. Because right now he's just wobbling around like he's on a cruise ship and the winds are picking up, and there's a hurricane in the distance, but you don't know exactly how far it is away, but he is just trying a balancing act. Eventually, he's going to topple over. I don't want to see that happen. I don't think anybody does. I've talked about before, a lot of us watch races to see the crashes. Maybe we shouldn't do that, but we definitely should not be watching people's lives to watch them crash and then rooting for them to crash further we got to go the opposite way now. If you want to say we had our fun, that's fine. Now it's time where we actually need to root for the redemption of Antonio Brown. And hopefully it can be something that someone else can learn from before they fall into all of these traps. This is a very imperfect world. It's a broken world. It's a hard world. A lot of times it's a live-and-learn kind of world. Antonio Brown was given a lot of blessings But right now, I think he needs real help. I also think he needs real support, and he doesn't need the chorus that has been around this story for the last year and a half. I've been a part of that chorus. In fact, at times, I might have even had a solo in that concert. No more. Putting the microphone down and walking off a stage. Now it's time just to root for Antonio Brown. The telephone number is 615-737-1045. I see we got Brock and Daryl and Mike. We're a little bit over, so I got to get to break. But if you heard your name just now or if you didn't, I will get to your phone calls when we come back. I think some of you have some thoughts on this. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So. Welcome back Big Six here on a Friday night. Hope your work week went well, but I bet you're looking forward to the weekend. I know I am. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to making renting your home easy, fast, and worry-free. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Talked about Antonio Brown and not being a part of the chorus that is going to continue to revel in him basically drowning in quicksand instead of offering a hand or... Offering support simply in the form of not being a part of that mob. And I know mob has a negative connotation compared to just a group. And in this case, I think it should. At this point, any kind of grin that we have on our face about Antonio Brown, we are part of a mob because that's as ugly as it gets. 615-737-1045 is how you join this program. Let us go to... Daryl in Hendersonville up first, he waited patiently through the break. Daryl, what say you? Hey Jay Mark hey,
1: um <clears throat> my dad suffers from bipolar disorder, and it's a it's a very unpleasant experience and to me uh and i I can't characterize what his what his mental disorder is, but there's no doubt that a b has some type of a mental disorder and I think that the the reason that people relished in his down downfall uh, earlier was because they thought he was just being a jerk and you know, he wasn't told no when he was younger, but but you can tell his problems are much deeper than that. And you know that that bipolar disorder is is definitely characterized by violent, but not violent, but, but extreme mood swings. Right. And they typically love the praise; they cannot take criticism without being absolutely devastated. And it, bipolar disorder, if that's what he has, is a treatable condition, as as many uh, forms of of mental mental illness are. Sure. but you know, unless someone is actually willing to sit down with him and say, you know, dude, you need therapy, you need help. And unless he's willing to accept it, you know, the guy has no chance. He, it, but he's got to be able to accept that treatment or the the guy's doomed. And I hate to say that, but uh, it's usually that way way that works out.
0: Yeah. Well, first off, sorry for I'm sure that's been difficult in your family and difficult for him. So you know, Hopefully things are going well there. In terms of Antonio Brown, I mean, again, I don't have a degree, especially not in mental health, so I can't speak to it. It certainly appears like there's something wrong here, something deep, and something you would hope that it is something that is treatable. Because obviously there's a possibility that it's not. There's a possibility that it's an enigma, there's a possibility that it has something to do with the career that he's chosen as well. Let's go to Mike in Mount Juliet. He's up next to you on the Big Six. Mike, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing fine, sir. Uh, I believe a a big part of it has to do with the CTE side of it. I believe the NFL, they're taking tremendous strides. But the main reason I called in is I I normally don't listen to the nighttime shows, but I just wanted to let you know that I, I really appreciate your character and you, you kind of give me hope for humanity. I mean, you're, you're just a, a really upstanding human being. There's been nobody else make any kind of comments towards taking this side of it. And I, I really appreciate your show.
0: Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. Best to you and yours. I can't accept the compliment of being an upstanding human being because I'm just as broken as everybody else. If there's anything that I'm proud of or happy about, it's that at least I've recognized that. And I hope that that comes through. I hope it comes through that I that I don't sit here assuming myself to be any better than anybody else. My significance is in my insignificance, as is yours. Brock and Oak Hill up next on the program. Brock, how are you?
3: Oh, my goodness, brother. Thank you for taking my call. I'm well. Um, I'm going to agree with the last two gentlemen and um, and thank you and applaud you for uh, for your commentary this evening um, uh, I'd like to to share a, I also uh, grew up uh, in a family with family that had uh, bipolarity and uh, it 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 seems like he has um, and And this is something that are that 's like in our brains that that we can 't control, and like the gentleman said, you can treat it um, on the other on the flip side of it, it seems like he doesn't have any support. you know the gentleman said, "Oh, if someone can sit down with him, it sounds like he doesn't have any of that and if you remember i I listened to your show, I grew up here brother, and i've listened to your all your shows all day long. And uh, a few months back, he tweeted something out mm-hmm. that was very telling. Because uh, before this, I was kind of on the—I was, um, you know, with everybody else, kind of laughing at him and his antics. But then he tweeted something out about—it the. Uh, it was a reference to a wisdom about, you know— a con- the burning down the community that that doesn't take care of him or something to that effect do you remember that
0: um i mean he he said a lot of different things he saw a lot of his thing is about it's got to be my way you've got to play yes. the game by my rules
3: yes yeah classic bipolarity um but it just when i we don't get a whole lot of details in like what's You know, behind the scenes, we just get the, you know, we like the root proteins and and we don't want to hear the mess. We just want to enjoy it. But these are real people, like you mentioned, and they got real issues. And when, when I heard that was shared, I'm pretty sure it was on one of your shows. They were, we were. I think I found it.
0: I think I found it. He tweeted out back in September. Yeah. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down. To feel its warmth, which is a quote where he's comparing himself to a child that's not being embraced by the village, which I guess means the NFL or all of us or whatever. I'm
3: I'm I'm thinking it it rung with me from like the get go. It doesn't sound like he's had a, a village from the beginning. So if you mix, if you kind of, if you you know, you take not having a community or a support group, and then you mix that with someone who's who has a you know, a a mental condition that they were born with. You've boy, you've really got a problem. I think this guy's has gone a lot further in life than most people because he's a freak of nature of athleticism Mm -hmm. and so he's had at least those people to kinda look after him just for their own you know, their own their own gains Mm -hmm. and not really But I I want to thank you, brother, and thanks for letting me take up so much time on your show. I wish you continued success.
0: Thank you, Brock. I appreciate it, and it was good insight. You know, we've had two callers now that have called up to have some history in their family with bipolarity. I don't, or if I do, I don't know about it. It's not something I know. I I know the very surface-level stuff about it, so I can't speak as an expert to it. But when you read, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. One thing that maybe you forget about when you read that, particular choice of quote that he uses, is that Antonio Brown in that analogy is comparing himself to a child, not an adult. Children got to be reared. They've got to be disciplined. They've got to be told, don't touch the stove when it's hot. And when you make a ton of money, the way Antonio Brown has, unfortunately, I would imagine he has not had the support system around him to tell him Dude, you've got to stop this. Don't you see what you're doing? You're too smart. You're too talented. You're too blessed. You've been given too much. And it has gotten worse. And at this point, again, I think we've just got to, we've got to back off. We've got to put the index finger that we've been pointing at Antonio Brown for the last year down and instead throw the whole hand out there to shake it or just to pull him up. Like Take the finger. like Put it out. If you're if you're in a car and you're not moving or if you're in a safe spot, hold out your index finger like you're pointing it accusatorily at somebody. Like you're Gregory Peckin To Kill a Mockingbird or something like that, right? Now take that and just take the other three fingers and the thumb and extend them out as well. Don't even move your arm. And what does it look like? It looks like you're reaching out to offer help to someone. Put all five digits out. There's no more. We don't have room for one anymore. It's going to take a village. It's going to take a community. It's going to take more than any human being has. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. To pull him out of this swampland, even if he created it himself, even if he threw the sludge in the river and made it so you can't swim in it, you can't drink the water even if he has toxicified it beyond all belief. As long as he's still breathing, we've got to to support him at this point because this thing could end really badly, and none of us want to see that. Let me take one more call. I know we're over, but I don't want her to wait through the break. Let's take uh, Jen in Nashville. Jen, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Um,
2: I wanted to talk about Aaron Hernandez in relationship to what's going on with Antonio Brown. Aaron Hernandez did horrible things. And no one told him, oh, don't do that, poor baby. There's something wrong with you. I mean, is Antonio Brown salvageable? At this point, he's been given everything in life. And yet, he still behaves like an idiot.
0: Well, I Uh, mean, uh, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, Jen. I don't. But I know that you can't just write somebody off and say they're not when there's still an opportunity to prove the opposite. And when you say he's been given everything, I would love to know what he believes or what you define everything as. Because there seems to be something in his life that's missing that's the only thing that can get you through stuff like this. It ain't, it ain't money. It's not stuff money can buy. And I don't know where that part of his life is. But you can't write him off and say he's not salvageable. I mean, there are people that you can't bring him back because you know they're in rubber rooms and all sorts of things like that. There are things that, there are causes like that. I'm not willing to go there. And I don't know enough to say that. And I'm not saying I can help. But I can stop harming my little nothingness of my whatever voice I have. I can stop harming. And I can instead just say, reach out the hand. Don't point the finger anymore. Beginning with me. If I want to take that finger and point it at anybody, I need to point it at myself. Because I haven't been what I needed to be at least early during this story. Maybe because I wanted content. Or I wanted to be funny. Or I wanted to be clever. Or whatever it was. But that's got to stop. This dude needs legitimate help. And I truly believe he needs our thoughts and he does need our prayers. And it might be all we can do for him, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot more than you think. We'll be right back. It's a big six on 104.5 The Zone. So. Welcome back. The Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Hope this finds you and yours doing well. I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are. Hope Antonio Brown's starting to recognize that, even as bad as it might look right now. And that's kind of been the topic tonight. And 10 minutes before the show started, I wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to go. I mean, there were several different things that I could talk about. There was obviously sometimes there's a spotlight that shines. It's just like, oh, you're going to talk about this. You have to. Like Zion's debut yesterday, for example, where Eli in the Hall of Fame. And now it's kind of getting overexposed. And next week, it's going to be the Super Bowl. Mahomes versus Jimmy G. The Niners run game. The Chiefs defense. The Niners defense. Shanahan. And another chance at a Super Bowl following the 28-3 debacle with the Falcons. There's all sorts of stuff. But that's for next week. And then I saw Antonio Brown, this photo on ESPN, of Antonio Brown in a... It looks like a bulletproof vest, but it's an anti-suicide smock. Described as a typical precautionary safety method used for high-profile suspects in custody. And I'm thinking about where Antonio Brown was even a year ago and all that's happened to him in the last 12 months. Much of it self inflicted. The vast majority of it self inflicted. And how easy it has been to condemn and go after and judge Antonio Brown and even joke about it, make light of it. And now you look at this and you see how far he's fallen, and now it's time to stop. Worried about his future, worried about his life. Now it's time to, to, on the flip side, be on Team AB. Quietly rooting from the sidelines for this man to make something out of what has just become a shambles in front of him. If you just pick it all up and somehow mend it together, instead of pointing the fingers, the one finger, offer the entire hand even though it's going to be from a distance. We're not going to have the opportunity to do this up front. But just rooting for this man at this point, me being a start of that, because I have a little bit louder megaphone than a lot of the listeners do. And with that should come a little bit more responsibility than sometimes I feel the need to show. And hopefully it'll be a learning experience for me too. Chris on a cell phone, waited through the break. We get to him now. Chris, how are you?
2: I um just wanted to shed a little bit of light on this. Uh, back in 2014, I had a, uh, subdural hematoma on my brain, which was basically a aneurysm or stroke. And for about six months, it took me to heal from that. And well, it really actually took me a year to heal from that, which, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's probably the equivalent of concussions over a certain amount of time all at once that hit me at once, and I've been recovering from that probably five years now. And it's just the mind is a very tricky thing, and it's just like sometimes it's like you go through the highest of highs and then you hit the lowest of lows, and it literally can be one of those Jekyll and Hyde type situations to where uh, sometimes I struggle being in rooms where there's a lot of people you know, loud noises and stuff like that, to where I basically just have to leave and take myself out of uh, the equation. You know, bright lights, you know, and things like that. So it, it it's it's a it's a sad thing to see somebody struggle with going through uh, their minds, where they actually struggle with their mind. I, I I've been five years recovered from that. Five years from now, who knows where I'll be? You know, I don't know what kind of effects that'll have on me. Ten years after I had it, is it going to be one of them things to where I start suffering from CTE because it was a traumatic brain injury and stuff like that? You know, so it's like I really feel sorry for the guy because in a lot of ways I can relate to a lot of the things and stuff that he probably is going through. If some of this is probably from, you know, hits to the head, you know, playing football and things like that, it may not be, but there's a very big certain possibility that it could be. You know, and I just
0: wanted to add that there. Sure. No, and I appreciate it, Chris. I really do. I appreciate the insight. And I'm glad that you're, you know, recovering from all of that. We don't know the CTE deal. We know that there was the story out there that people at Pittsburgh noticed a major change in Antonio Brown after the Vontez Perfect hit. That he was just way different. And that was one of the things that people pointed to. But there are stories dating back to his college days that are red flags. I would imagine if he was taking a lot of tough head hits in the NFL that that probably didn't help things. We just don't know. And we don't know what's wrong right now. And I think the key that a couple of the callers have pointed out is he's got to be willing to accept the help. Drew Rosenhaus can say, I can't represent you until you get help. He can even go get help on the surface, but he's actually got to let it work. He's got to trust in it or believe in it or want it to work. And I hope that's the case for him. I really do. Caroline tweets me and says, how can we think Antonio Brown has been given everything? It appears he's never had love, guidance, and life skills. Trying to fill a hole in his soul. Until the core issues are addressed, he will be the hamster on the wheel. again." You're not given everything if you're just rich and famous. If you were, then we would have a whole lot less Hollywood celebrities overdosing and taking their own life. I mean, think of all the talented people that we've lost so young, not just because excess has gotten the better of them. That's been the case sometimes, but also because they're depressed A big bank account doesn't get you over bipolar. It doesn't get you over these things. It's not even going to soften the blow a lot of the times. Like I said, we don't know the truth surrounding what exactly is wrong with Antonio Brown. And I don't have a degree to tell you. I can sit here and speculate, but that would be kind of reckless. The only thing I can say is hopefully... We can all unite behind rooting for him. Not rooting to see him back on a football field. That is totally irrelevant at this point. Meaningless. Just rooting for him to get a hold of his life in the right way and be able to just exist without a camera in his face that he brings on himself. Aim to live a quiet life. I think it's good advice, and it's advice that a lot of us forget. It's also the same deal as you don't need to poke your chest out and talk about how great you are. If you're good at what you do, if you care about people, they're going to know it. There's the, real quickly, because I know we're over, we're going to come back and have like a 30-second segment. I've done the worst thing you can do in radio, but why not, right? There's a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, written by Stephen Covey, who passed away. I may have talked about this once before. Page 96, I think, of uh, that book. There's a question that's asked. Uh, We'll get to break after I ask the question, then maybe we can talk about it on the flip side for a couple minutes. If you were attending your own funeral, if you were listening to the eulogy or just you were in the room and they they didn't know it, what would you hope? people were saying about you in those conversations? What would you hope to hear during that service in that eulogy? When you answer that question, you determine what's important to you. And I'll tell you about a real interesting thing that tends to happen to most people as they get older. And that's where you start to realize that Antonio Brown might not have had much at all, much less everything. Be right back. It's a big six on 1045 The Zone. Final segment of the program. It'll be a brief one. Fox Sports Radio coming up next. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at JMartZone. Appreciate your contributions via the phone lines and via the email and via the. DMs and all that on Twitter as well. I Again, there were other things that I thought maybe we would get to, but AB has covered the hour. And I know this has probably been a much different show than maybe you tuned in expecting. I appreciate you bearing with us if you have. I'm sure it wasn't for everybody either. But I told you I'm not going to waste your time. And if something's on my brain this strongly, then maybe there's a reason for that. Right before the break, I told you about Stephen Covey, who he passed away, but he wrote several self-help books. This one, probably the most well-known, the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's been redone many, many times. And there's it's somewhere in like the ninety to ninety-four, somewhere in that range, depending on the edition you're reading. There's a question that he asks. He says, "If you were a participant or an onlooker, a viewer at your own funeral, what would you want to hear?" What would you want to hear in the conversations people were having in that room about you? And what would you want them to say during the service when they got up and were asked to share a few words? And what you find is the older you get, the more it shifts from, man, he made a ton of money. He's really good at his job. Man, I loved his car all those things. It's just totally away from that because when you think about it, when it's over for you, how much of that are you going to be able to take with you? The car is not going to fit in the grave. No one's going to remember that. But what do you want people to say about you after you're gone? And it shows you where your heart is and where your importance is. And you come to find as you get older that it's more stuff like Man, he really treated people nicely. She was a good friend to people in need. She was really good at what she did, but she never talked about it. He was an awesome father. He raised two wonderful kids. He was so present in his family's life. She worked so hard for her family. And yeah, you want people to say you're smart and funny and all that too. But it's about legacy. So when you think about Antonio Brown tonight and where he finds himself, and I hope he is innocent. I hope his attorneys are right and he's going to be found innocent of this. Does he really have everything? What is Antonio Brown's legacy? What are people going to say about him in that same analogy? I'm not sure he has much of anything, folks. And that's what saddened me enough to make me think that being a part of this chorus that has enjoyed this for the tabloid TMZ aspect of it just ain't the way to be, man. My good friend Brandon Hagany, who you know well, would say it this way. That ain't it. It's not it. So I'm rooting for Antonio Brown's life and his faith. I hope you'll join me. Fox Sports Radio's next. I'll see you on the Jason Martin Show Sunday morning on The Zone. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night from the Music City.